Welcome to today's episode of Absolutely Not. I am your host, Katrina Stroll, and I am dedicated to providing examples of setting personal boundaries at work and the vocabulary needed to name harm in those spaces. That vocabulary includes words like gaslighting, dismissive, and harassment. These words and more, including their definitions, can be found on the resources page of my website, so please feel free to check it out. Today's episode is entitled, Do Not derail me i know feel it (laughs) and that message is brought to you today by my amazing special special guest dietrich franklin thank you so much for being here ah thank you for having me (laughs) i'm excited about it do not derail me it speaks a lot to absolutely not so where did that where did that title come from Oh, that's a great question. (laughs) Well, it came from me and you when we were talking about um, just like career development and uh, making transitions and pivots in your career and really defining for you what is success, right? Like what's going to be success for you and making sure that people don't define the success for you. Like others are not defining what's for you so that's where we came and it's a play on the word the my nickname d right so don't derail me Mm -hmm. Mm, oh my god (laughs) don't let others define success for you and i know this is something we're probably going to get into but have others tried to um define success for you (laughs) absolutely Unfortunate, unfortunately for them, because I don't know, we're not playing those games. I'm not going to let that you determine what's success for me. Mm-hmm. I need to figure that out for myself. And of course, there's people out there that I trust, right? Trusted opinions and um, guides, mentors, sponsors who can give me valid resources and maybe push me in a new direction or a good direction, but they're not trying to define what success in that direction is. Mm, I love the word direction that you're using because it, it talks up, like it makes me think of a compass. Like, although you're not taking the compass out of my hand, you are saying, hey, this is where the compass is pointing. Can I help you? Right. Let me it? grab a magnet yeah. and <laughs> put it over this way so that compass redirect. Oh my gosh. And can you remember specific people in your life who have kind of tried to take that compass right out your hand? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) I was the one, one key example that still comes out to mind today because I, I still think about like, was this person intentionally trying to derail me or were they just inquisitive? But I was an intern this was my first internship ever with a major corporation. And my mentor and I were headed up the road to a field location where you um, extract oil and gas. <laughs> we were looking at equipment and making sure things was working properly so they don't blow up, right? So while we're on the way, it was, you know, asking like, oh, well, what's going on with your you know, career? Where are you headed? When do you graduate? All this other stuff. And I mentioned 
and like, oh yeah, we well, you know I was graduate in 2012, and I'm thinking of getting my master's degree, um, you know, post graduation, like just going straight from undergrad to grad school. Mm-hmm. And the person was like, oh well, why do you want your master's degree? I might join a sophomore. So I don't have a full definition of like, why do I want my master's degree? You know, my grandmother told me, make sure you have the education because that's the one thing that people can't take from you. And she was like, I encourage you to get your master's degree. You're still going to be broke. (laughs) It doesn't hurt to be broke for two more years, but you get that degree and it can set you up for success. So I'm like, okay, I don't, you know, right now I'm thinking master's in engineering because I'm an engineer. It could be a master's of business administration. There's plenty of master's degrees, but I'm just like, I'm going to get my degree in engineering. And it was like, well, why do you want that degree? I couldn't give a specific example or answer at the time. I just knew, yeah, I'm going to go for my graduate degree, either my master's or my PhD. I think at the time it was the PhD, actually. Part of the reason why you go for a PhD as a person of color is because usually you end up with scholarship opportunities and they pay for your degree. And as a person who is getting an advanced degree, I do not suggest anybody pay for it on their own unless it's an MBA program and then those are really hard to get payment. <laughs> but if you're getting a PhD in engineering, you should be getting somebody else to pay for. So I was like, that's a big part. It's gonna be paid for, so I don't have to worry about it. And then they were just like, but why? I'm like, well, I just told you, I plan to get my degree because I feel like it's gonna help me in my career. I'm gonna get more money when I graduate. The degree is gonna be paid for. Mm-hmm what other reasons do you need? <laughs> like I'm a sophomore in college. I don't have life figured out just yet. This, but why mm. is, is getting real aggressive over here. What are, what are you trying to say? Mm. But why? Well, you need to really figure out why you want this degree. Why do you think I don't want it? And why are you asking me like, what what's going on here right mm-hmm. so at the time as a sophomore i'm you know i'm young i'm new in the industry i'm just trying to get to the destination where we're going to work on these fields and not deal with anything um too crazy so i'm not combative mm-hmm. back i'm just like well i told you why so i don't know what other answers you want and then it's like oh well this is why you need to think about getting your degree i didn't go for my degree because i knew i could do this once I graduated with my bachelor's and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, are you projecting on me? (laughs) I am like, what are you doing? Like, is this projection? Just because you didn't don't mean that I can't. So um, the question, uh, what does that have to do with me, sir, ma'am, fam, bro, whoever you are, what does that have to do with me? Whenever I feel uncomfortable in a space where I feel like, the information I just gave you is coming back to me in a very strange way. Um, I immediately have to ask, are you projecting on me or what does that have to do with me? Right, exactly. Because it's like, take the information I gave you for face value and leave it at that, mm-hmm. right? Like you could, you could, or change your approach <laughs> because the but why, mm-hmm. it's like, why are you continuing to ask? You could just say, oh, well, you know, one advice I could give is like, make sure you have a true understanding because it's, it takes more time to get a degree. That's a lot more, many more years, dedicated hours. And you really want to make sure it's worth your career, right? Like worth it for your career. But it was more so like, but why, why are you sure? 
I didn't do that. I don't think you should do that. I don't think you know why you want to do that. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you don't know why. And that is, <laughs> once again, that has nothing to do with me. But to the people that are in the car with you or in the office with you or with the people in my audience that are saying, but why, what would you encourage my audience to say to those people? Oh, say back, but why not? But why, comma, not? <laughs> because at the end of the day, it's like, that's, if that's what you want for yourself and your career and where you're headed, you allow that to be for you. Don't let anybody else dictate what is for you. Do not derail me. <laughs> like, do not derail me. Do not let anybody else dictate what's for you. And put the question back, but why not? Because now it forces them to think, why are they questioning what you just told them? Mm. Why are they questioning where you're setting your direction, your boundary, <laughs> and all those good things? Ooh, but, and then they have to come up with the honest answer, which is, I am afraid of what mm-hmm. you could ha- possibly do or what could possibly happen to you. Don't ask me. Ooh, that's neither here nor there. And Deisha, I want to apologize because we got into the heat of the moment and we did not really talk to the people about your transition and how you possibly oh. could have been de- derailed. Could you talk about your transition a little bit? Ah, sure, sure. Well, yeah, so I'm an engineer by background. On my uh, LinkedIn, I think it says like engineer, recruiter, program manager, mentor, all these different labels, right? <laughs> but started off as an engineer, uh, went into the oil and gas industry, and then transitioned about two and a half years ago into um, university recruitment. And before then, I was doing university recruitment on the side as an engineer. So I was going out interviewing engineers, putting young talent up for recommendation of hires, connecting with students. But I transitioned full time into that space as a university recruiter. And then from there, went over into program manager (laughs) for early talent and just recently started a new opportunity with Reddit. (laughs) <laughs> even though I'm wearing a lift shirt, because I really love Be Yourself, but I <laughs> started a new opportunity with Reddit to um, build out their university program. Mm. So big transition, engineering into talent acquisition. It's like, whoa, what's going on here? Mm. But the biggest reason for it was because I didn't see a lot of individual contributor talent that looked like myself. AKA, there was not a lot of Black ICs at the level that I was at um, doing engineering. And so I'm like, okay, well, I got to help us get into this space some way, somehow, because one, I just need peers. <laughs> right? Like, I need people I can relate to. So they're like, oh, well, what have you thought about this engineering product or problem? And how do you feel about this relationship with? you know, so-and-so and how can we navigate our careers? But then two, it's just like, where's the, the equity in this? Mm. Why am I not seeing Black and Latinx engineers constantly coming in? We're out there, <laughs> we're available, hire us, you know? So how can I help get us into these industries that are paying phenomenally for people? And that's why I started off going, you know, off the campuses and actually recruiting students to um, get them into these opportunities. My heart is singing. (laughs) And that happens a lot to 
people who are feeling that they're um, underrepresented in their industry, they immediately go into talent inquisition or they're going to people operations to ensure that the next generation or the next slide of people that are coming in look exactly like them. I'm sure you had a lot of internal conversations with yourself, like, okay, we're definitely fucking gonna do this. But what boundaries did you have to set with yourself to say, nah, we're doing it now? Ooh. Well, you know, I mean, it took some time, right? Because like the first, the first step was just like, okay, is this, is this more of a me with the issue with the company versus an issue with my career trajectory, right? So like initially I just went into, let me find another engineering job. <laughs> I could find another engineering job somewhere and the tech industry seems elusive. So let me go into tech. Right. And so I was applying to those jobs and I was getting some going into the interview rounds. I was getting places, not getting all the way to offers, but, you know, going. But then I had to really think about it. I'm like, do I want another engineering job? Because yeah. <laughs> I didn't find what I was doing as an engineer enjoyable. It wasn't, you know, I think the last thing I was working on was like checking whether or not, um, offshore structures were going to be, <laughs> we're going to last, have longevity mm -hmm. if we just attach another anode to it or something. <laughs> I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> so I think that was the first boundary was recognizing like what, what was important to me for my career. And it was just like, engineering is not exciting for me. It can be for a lot of people, and I recommend that people consider it, you know, as an engineer. But the boundary that I first set was just like, is this the career for me? Mm. No. So now I need to set this boundary that engineering is not for me. What's next? Where am I going to go? What am I going to do? Because everybody externally is like, bro, you spent six years in school studying engineering. You're making really good money why would you leave engineering? That was the question that was popping up against that boundary every few days. Why are you leaving engineering? It's just like, boop, block. <laughs> Can't, we gotta block it, block it, block it. Can't, nope, set the boundary, don't derail me. This isn't for me. Um, I think the next boundary was just like, I would say, it was really like once I figured out, okay, let me go into university recruitment because I know that this is a transferable skill, right? The next boundary was then like, why, why recruiter? Like why HR? <laughs> it's like, again, you got to set up these boundaries to keep people from derailing you because they're asking you these questions that one, you might not always have the answer to, right? So like, why not engineering? Well, for me, it's just, I didn't enjoy engineering. Why HR? I can't really tell you. I don't have an SHRM. I don't have certifications. I just know I enjoy university recruitment and that lands under HR at a company, right? If university recruitment landed under engineering bucket, I would be an engineer <laughs> still during university recruitment, right? So it was really like, it's not why HR, it's like why university recruitment? Now, let me tell you why because I want to increase the representation of Black and Latinx individuals in engineering, in STEM fields. I want to get us opportunities and basically get us the seat at the table that we are not invited to. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> all of that I really appreciate. But I what what I appreciate the most is the fact that if you didn't have those internal boundaries before the external ones came upon you, um, the whole uh, what I'm thinking of is like a card house. The whole card house would have fell down because there's just nobody protecting it. One card. Hey, why are you doing HR? Boop. Okay, crumble. Fall. Let me go back. Look, um, if we want to bring it back, the train would be derailed. Oh. <laughs> somebody, somebody would drop another direction in the track, and oh, now it's all falling apart. Yes, and be like, wasn't this train supposed to be at Seattle like a long time ago? Hello, hello. <laughs> <laughs> when in reality, it was going to San Francisco because I was getting that checked out. But to anybody listening out there, that's why it's so important to know exactly what you want, because when these people come up and talk about that bumping against it, you'll be able to say, oh, no, I already have my compass. I already have a train. I have the train schedule. Actually, you trying to get on the train? If not, please, please get off the track. What they say? Mm -hmm. Step away from the step away from back the away from the platform. Yes. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> back it up <laughs> because you're not you're not all aboard because it's about to go <laughs> yes oh my gosh this is see do not derail me okay so you had those internal boundaries externals were coming up did you have any people in higher positions for you or in managerial roles over you try to cross your boundaries during your transition uh i would say yes I, yeah i think initially when like I, I kept it quiet that I was looking for opportunities. So a lot of my friends knew and the ones that weren't supportive really aren't my friends anymore <laughs> because I had to set that boundary, right? But the ones that were supportive sort of understood like, hey, keep this on a hush. I'm not really trying to tell leadership just yet. Um, I think when leadership found out the kind of transition that I was making, then they were just like, it threw them off because it was like, why is this young black man who's making great money as an engineer trying to transition away from engineering into HR out of the company? Like, what is going on? Why why don't you want to be an engineer? Right. And so there was the there was the questions coming in, like, are you sure this is what you want to do? And it was sort of like gaslighting because they were they were making it clear, like, well, you know that'll be a pay cut, or like you know you're gonna take um you know, you're not, you're not going to make as much and all this other stuff. And it's like, money is important in the U.S. in a capitalist society, yes. right? But money is not everything. It is not everything, at least to me. So it's like coming at me aggressive on the fact that I knew I was going to take a pay cut, that I probably wouldn't make as much is, is not, it wasn't the right path or it wasn't the right way to get it get at me and it was impeding upon my boundary because like you're just making it seem like okay well you you need to stay on this track to be um what would I say be valuable right like you need, you need to you need to make a certain amount of money to be valuable and it's like uh I can be valuable doing whatever I want to do <laughs> like if I want to be a university recruiter and I make less money, that doesn't devalue who I am. What are you talking about? Like, I don't care if I'm not going to make the same amount of money. So that was sort of the pushback I got from leadership. Um, and that was like, as I was transitioning out. Right. But then, I mean, once I left the company, I hadn't heard from any of those leaders. 
And then I found leaders in the industry that actually supported my transition. I was like, okay, this is how we're going to help build you up so that you're ready for this type of work once you get in it. Mm. And I just want to repeat that again for anybody who's listening. He does not talk to those leaders anymore. So were they real ones? Were they even, did they even buy a ticket to the train? Did they even, you know what I mean? Like, ooh, the schedule was out there. They didn't Listen, even buy the, Would the purchase go through is the real question. <laughs> and and uh, apparently they had, oh, Credit card declined. Declined. <laughs> you know. You're not allowed on this train. Mm -mm. Oh, also, an internal boundary of mine is if you're coming to derail me and you only have one bullet point for me, for you, the, the only bullet point they had for you was like money. Okay. Um, yeah. okay. Sir, I have a whole pamphlet over here as to why I'm taking this train in the first place. Don't, your ticket only has money. No, I'm okay. <laughs> okay like i'm good i'm good yeah. don't worry about my finances over here you are not my bank <laughs> you're not capital one nor are you my financial advisor so what you worried about was in my pockets for you're very and very telling we have said projection a lot very telling what you deem as worthy what you deem as valuable in society and in people you if you're immediately immediately asking me how much do you make or trying to hear what i do for a living to ensue my worth then i don't want to be around you in the first place yeah yeah because i mean you're putting me you're putting me to a dollar value right like you're making me truly just a number in your book versus like how can I help you grow professionally? Mm -hmm. And then, of course, a part of that professional growth, there is a compensation conversation. Like, we should be having those conversations. Yes, how much should I be making at a certain level? And for what? Right? Like, why am I making this much? What, am I, what value am I bringing? Mm -hmm. But that should not be the first part of the conversation, at least to me. Right. Oh. Ooh, and that's a whole nother uh, side scoop or another train track that we could get off on. But mm -hmm. I'd love to hear the software or affirmations or anything that you use to kind of validate your decision on getting on the train and track that's full of boundaries that you are on now. Ooh. Um, I think some of the validation came from like the students that I saw got hired when I was going out to recruit, even for the oil and gas company before I left, right? So hearing of them getting offers, them going through the interview process and then them reaching back out, like, thank you so much for interviewing me or thank you for reviewing my resume and I've gotten this. And even now, like there are students who I consistently help out and even though they might not be ready for an opportunity at my company, I'm just like, look, I'm trying to get as many people as I can into this industry and into these high paying jobs, <laughs> right? So as they reach back out and say like, thank you so much for reviewing my resume. I got this many offers, or I got this many interviews and I'm so excited. I just feel like it's so much better. That is true validation that I am, I am on the right train. <laughs> <laughs> that my train is going full speed ahead you know that's the kind of validation that I was getting outside of that I mean it's just like I think I just had to continue to tell myself like money isn't everything because that was something to be considered right like I was leaving a six-figure salary job 
to go into another job where I didn't know if I was going to be making six figures or not. And I, I did not. <laughs> so it was like, hmm, okay, money isn't everything, G. Like, it'll be all right. You're good. You, you know, you, you pay down your debt. You'll be okay. You live within your means. Like, just keep pushing, keep pushing. It'll be worth it in the end. So here we are. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that. I love the validation you got from doing exactly what you wanted to do and just constantly be able to see, okay, this is the gas that I need to keep moving this train. What did, what did trains run on? This is the coals or the fire. That <laughs> 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 What trains run on? Oh my gosh, trains run on all types of things. Okay. They, run, they definitely it run just, on oil and gas products, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> they also run on coal and electricity. There are electric trains. <laughs> so yes, I had I had all the resources, the natural earth-given resources to be able to keep my train moving forward. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And we talk about resources a lot on the show, specifically the support sy system that we have around us to make any transition or to start setting boundaries in healthy relationships. Do you want to shout anybody out that's a part of your support system? Oh my gosh, there's so many people. Um, I would say definitely in Houston when I was transitioning. First, my mama. <laughs> like my mama always, she always behind Team D. She, I tell her that she is the chairwoman of my board of advisors. And if people don't have a board of advisors, I suggest you get one. <laughs> get a board of advisors. They consist of mentors, sponsors, and uh, I think like coaching executives once you get to a certain level, right? But get your board of advisors. So my mama's on there. Shout out to my mama. Love her to death. Um, I had a friend that I met through LinkedIn who's a really good friend. And I'm actually going to see her next weekend. Uh, but her name is Crystal Johnson. And she is a DEI practitioner, very, very good one. She currently works for Nike as a director. Oh, that Crystal Johnson! Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I love, love Crystal. So I reached out to Crystal just before my exit out of uh, Chevron, and was just like, "Hey, you know, I'm interested in like DEI." Um, and that was when I was like, okay, well, how do I make transferable skills? But I was like, DNI, university recruiting, can I just talk to you to understand what that is? Like, what is it about? How do people do it? And she was just willing to talk. She was just like, yeah, call me. Here's my number. We had a conversation and we was on that phone talking like we had been friends since <laughs> childhood. I was like, I don't know when I'm ever going to meet you, but when we get the chance, we're definitely meeting. <laughs> like, and she was so supportive. She had never met me. We had only did like, I think we did a video call at one point, but she had never met me, but was so supportive in reviewing my resume. I had to make the presentation for my interview process at Lyft. She reviewed my presentation, taught me about branding. I was like, this is how you reach a company's brand. Like you review it and then make your presentation look like that. And that'll help you stand out in the interview process. And then um, she was, you know, helpful on like just interview coaching. Mm. And I was just like, this is a random person that I met off LinkedIn. I don't know this person from a can of paint. <laughs> <laughs> for the seven of us. For the seven of us. 
And she she was so willing to help me. I'm like, mm, that's my, definitely my good friend. And then when I got my opportunity at Lyft, she had also got a job out in the Bay Area. So we finally had a chance to meet and we hung out. We, that's my good friend. She live in, she live in Texas now. So I'm gonna be seeing her this weekend. <laughs> oh, oh my yeah. goodness. And once again, once you know where your train is going, the station that your train is going to, or even if it's a byway station, you will pick up the right passengers along the way. Yo, this analogy is carrying me. It is Come on, listen. And her ticket was comped. Her <laughs> ticket was free. We're going to put you right in first class on this train. <laughs> I mean, now there are plenty of other people that helped me out throughout the process. But definitely Crystal, like, giving me the boost and, like, helping me with my... Um, my presentations. One of my really good friends, Anson, also helped me with my presentations. I remember being in his house, presenting on his screen, talking about this time I say it at the interview. <laughs> and he was like, oh, okay, like, well, let's do this, change this up. Let's look at the people's profiles. Like, I was like, this is, this is what I'm talking about. These are my people helping me out when I don't even know how to make the full transition, you know? When I don't even know, I know where I'm going. I have, mm -hmm. I don't have a conductor. Oh, you are the conductor, but I don't have the crew okay. yet. I don't have. I don't, I don't have a crew. <laughs> it's foggy out. I don't have the lights. <laughs> the light's not on. I need to turn the lights on. Do we need fog lights out here? Like what's going on? <laughs> I need a weatherman to let me know. Can, can I move the train away from the station just yet? Like <laughs> keep, me, keep me posted. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Gosh, but at least you knew where the train was going. So people are like, oh, I have driven through this weather before. I have done this before. I have started a caboose or whatever before. Okay, I can only mm -hmm. go so far, but <laughs> <laughs> that's what it's about. And you were not derailed throughout that process. Ooh, I know yeah. there are people that are listening to this right now. I'm probably thinking, okay, let me get my damn train on the track. What would be the top three tips that you share with them about getting their train started? Ooh, okay. Um, first tip I would say is really have like that introspective conversation with yourself. <laughs> and that looks different for everyone. Hey. It is not going to look the same for everybody, but you have to have that conversation with yourself to understand like, okay, what am I passionate about? What do I want to do? And what potential skill sets do I have where I'm already displaying some of that passion or showing that I can do the work? So that way I know, okay, what skill sets I'm missing to build upon it, right? So have like that true conversation with yourself to understand what's what's going to bring your passion out. What's going to make you want to um, build the train station to take off, you know, on the tracks, right? I think the second tip, because that that's first, first, like first tip is figure out what you want to do. That's building the train station. Second tip I would say is really build your network. Mm because your network is going to help lay down the tracks and provide direction to your destination. You know what I'm saying? Like my network, they came to my rescue and was like, all right, this is what you need to do. This is what you're missing. This is some of the skill sets you need. Talk about this. 
maybe do some of this. They was helping me interview prep. And it was just like, okay, we laying down the tracks for this train. Mm. <laughs> so definitely, you know, figure out what you want to do. Introspective conversation to build your network, mm-hmm. build your network. And then three, I would say just go for it and don't second guess. Trust your instincts. Trust your instincts. You got your train station built. (laughs) Your train tracks are there. Trust your instincts. Put the train down and let it rip. And do not allow people to derail you. Oh my do not let them derail you. <laughs> you, better, you better set up a strong boundary on them train tracks and do not let the people derail you. Oh my goodness. If you could share just some of the phrases you're using currently to make sure people know, oh no, this is my train and I'm not getting off track. Ooh, <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> Um, oh, what are some of the phrases? What's meant for me is for me. (laughs) I I think that's a good phrase, right? (laughs) So you don't keep reaffirming to yourself, like what's meant for you is for you and it's going to come in due time. So keep going. Um, What else is a phrase? Oh, I use this phrase all the time. I don't know if it if it really keeps people from like not being derailed, but I always say the worst that they can say is no. Ooh, that so is- it's like if you don't if you don't ask the question, you'll never get an answer, right? And so, really, I, I think I need to rephrase it. But it's like if they say no, okay, cool. That's that's the worst thing. Wow. what's that going to do for you find somebody else who can say yes Mm -hmm. or maybe whatever you need that's not the no for the question that you want but don't be foolish enough not to ask the question because you're afraid of the worst thing that they can say (laughs) like being afraid of the worst thing that somebody can say which to me is a no is then like okay well now you're not going to be able to move forward Mm. in the process and I'm I'm still on the train in my brain. So if somebody says no, then you just bring it on home, back to the train station. You talk to your crew again. You say, okay, we got to lay down new here. tracks. Oh. <laughs> lay down some new tracks and send that train right back out. <laughs> back out. Like it's okay. I imagine there are differing there are differing points on the train destination, right? There are differing checkpoints. So you might get to a checkpoint where say no and checkpoints have different tracks. Okay, that's not the track for me, but here's a new track at this checkpoint. Let me keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. And just keep calling back to the train station. Okay, they said no. But can we reconfer or what are we going to now? Ooh, wow, that is way less scary than <laughs> asking people questions and stuff. Right? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, to me, it's just like, I always say, I'd be like, the worst that they can say is no. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like, okay, now I'm not afraid of the question that can be asked. It's just like, all right, if, if it's a no, it's a no. I'll be fine. 
and then I get right back on track. Oh, thank mm-hmm. you so much for everything you have shared today. I am I am filled <laughs> to the brim with just anticipation of your journey and the people that hear this message's journey. I cannot wait. I cannot. Oh my wait. gosh! Thank you. Um, thank you. Thank you. But before we wrap it up today, are there any last minute sprinkles you'd like to share with the audience? Oh, uh, <laughs> my shirt. Be yourself. <laughs> <laughs> like be yourself just just you know you know again what's meant for you is for you so be yourself create your your train station lay your tracks <laughs> take off and don't let nobody derail you this has been an amazing i'm not even gonna cry um this has been an amazing episode of absolutely not and we cannot thank you enough for tuning in we'll see you next time Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Absolutely Not. Your support means the world to me. You can always further support the show by leaving a review or visiting the support the mission page on my website, www.katrinastroll.com. My website is also where you can register for upcoming live episodes, watch amazing past episodes of Absolutely Not, and buy Absolutely Not merch. Yay! Until next time, keep setting those boundaries and saying absolutely not to anything unaligned. See you next time.